This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will. Joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. How's it going, Will? And of course, John is uh, joining us, uh, helping us out for the next few months, but you should also check out the show that he hosts full-time. That's his full-time job there. Uh, hosting mm-hmm. and managing the empire that is known as Gen X Grown Up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Uh, Mrs. America, all the ships that say Flash. <laughs> uh, that's a whole other generation. Do those folks have podcasts? Is there? <laughs> they, they had the radiola. That's all they really had. I mean, you know, do you ever think this, John? You know, because you got your own podcasting thing going on there. Do you ever think, like, look, we're in our fifties, reporting, talking about stuff that happened forty years ago? Is that weird? Mm-hmm. And will no. it be weirder in 10 years no. from now? I mean, it's, no, it's no. unique. It, it's it's, a, it's the start of a trend, no doubt. Well, uh, think about when blogs became a big deal, when someone could finally, you know, easily self-publish mm-hmm. their yep. daily thoughts. And mm-hmm. as soon as they could do it with audio and with video, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the desire to document your history and your childhood and your life. I mean, that never goes out of style. How it gets done changes, but I don't think it's weird. I guess. <laughs> but even though it's like that Jurassic Park line, even though you could... You know, you never stop to think if you should. <laughs> I just think like if I was a kid, like my, you know, my kids, I have an older child and a younger child. If when I was my kid's age, my parents were hosting like a radio show or they just went in the basement on the reel to reel and recorded the two of them talking about things mm-hmm. that happened 40 years yeah. before for them. <laughs> right. See, that would have been the 1980s, let's say. So they were talking about stuff in the 40s. They weren't even really alive in the 40s yet. So let's say my parents were young parents. Let's say they talked about life in the 50s. I don't think I would think that was odd. Well, is that how you view this? Is this just for you? Hmm. What do you mean? Like this show that hmm. I'm recording? It's like a diary or something? Right. Yeah. No, no. I am, don't, I am not in favor of those podcasts. If you need to just journal <laughs> your, what happened every day and what you ate for lunch, write it down. Do, do Kat and I even exist? We could just be figments of imagination yeah, in your mythology. That's that, quite possible. That's called solipsism. You know. And I do have some solipsistic mm. tendencies. I do believe so. What is this yeah, show about? You should about? get that checked out. Those yeah. might be cancerous. <laughs> you don't know. I'm covered with solips. <laughs> hey guys, don't tune out. This show is really about 1980s pop culture. I promise. Is, in, wait, are we in the show? Uh, oh no. And I'm, who knows how much of that's going to be? On today's show, in bring fact, Rudy back. Along those lines, who? Along those lines, I'm going to be challenging Cat and John to help me build a Ooh. shared TV universe oh. using clues. Oh. And while keeping score, oh, mm. I am in for it. <laughs> I've got one announcement. Hey, join us this Saturday, May 21st at 9 p.m. You know, actually pause for the announcement for a second. I got to say the reason why we're doing this, to be honest with you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Last week I had the prepare for the fan fest. I had this really mm-hmm. cool interview that I'm going to tell you about in just a moment here. Mm-hmm. That was, so a lot of stuff was happening. And so when it came down mm-hmm. to this week and looking at all the things we could talk about, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to just punt and just do something that'll be fun and easy for us to do. But you know, we've talked about midlife crises recently and uh, mm-hmm. what was the other thing? Some other thing. Mm. Memory <laughs> loss. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 
think we talked about it, right? I, I, I don't know. Let's start all over here. Hey, okay. But anyway, so that's why we're done about it. Give me that. Okay, back to the announcement. Hey, so to join us this Saturday, May 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, we'll be interviewing comedic actor Julie Brown and taking your questions from the audience. So on Facebook Live, uh, you know, you could uh, follow us on Facebook and we'll get you over to, the, to it. We, we actually do mm -hmm. it on with our network sponsor, uh, The 80s Ruled, on their page. Um, but you can follow us on Facebook and we'll get you to the right spot. Another mm -hmm. announcement. Hey, this week we're going to have an extra special additional episode. I'm not going to say bonus episode because you, you label it bonus episode. It seems like fewer people listen than usual. But you should listen because this is a really cool, I had a really cool chat with Lori Miller, who is one of the original members of Expose. You know that group, Point of No Return and so on. She is one of the three members of the group that was originally named Exposed that spent years, you know, recording, performing, cultivating what is ultimately known Expose, Expose and getting the record deal that the other three ladies stepped into. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's got to, she's going to tell us the full mm -hmm. true tale of that. But it's not a bonus. It's just some more stuff. It's not, it's it's not a bonus. bonus. It's not a bonus. <laughs> it's just more. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Pong. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Hey, once again, it's time for... It's only a story. It's not real. It's only a story. <laughs> <laughs> so we've actually put... So Outlook online, we reached out to folks. We put on social... On the social medias and said, hey, mm -hmm. have you got a cool story from the 1980s that you'd like to share that you, you know, look, everybody's got these stories, right? Even Cat has crazy stories from the 80s. Uh, even, yeah. What, what does yeah, even I Cat do. mean? Even Cat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and you share them among it's, friends it's cool. and some folks, you know, and they never makes it past that. But we've got a show and, you know, we want to find, provide a platform for other folks who have that uh these stories inside them. And you know what? In the very mm -hmm. least, it'll be preserved for all occasions. And so uh, we've got one, one brave uh, gentleman came forward. He's got a ton of stories from the 1980s. In fact, he's working on a book about them, but he's going to, let's get him on a line here and uh, see what he can uh, at least tease us with something here, right? Hello? Hey, Rudy, it's Will from 1980s Now. How are you, buddy? Hello. So, look, uh, you had shared some of your story. You've got a website that's got your biography, and uh, I know there's more to come. Uh, and we can tell folks where that is to find, uh, find out more information about you. But we're hoping, you, you know, you'll be willing enough to share a story with us now, some, some tale of uh, misadventure from the 1980s. You got something for us? Um, sure. Um, well, I just want to start yeah. by saying that in the 80s, 1980, as a matter of fact, to start the 80s off, Yeah. I ended up um, going to see the wall in February in um, New York City. Uh -huh. And so that is part of the book that I've been uh, writing. And okay. that that becomes a very long story, uh, actually a whole chapter dedicated to that. But um, as the years went on, about midway through the uh, 80s, I was managing a metal band. And then um, in 85, we, you know, I bought a school bus and decided to take the band to California to make it. So that's where hair wow. metal was happening. And we had a heavy, heavy metal band that had lots of hair. So we were heading that way. Yeah. We didn't make it. The bus didn't. Oh. But the story the I want to tell. The Thrash Partridge family. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a full-size school bus. And it made wow. it to that first hill in West Virginia. And that was it. We were oh, coming no. to Washington, D.C. Okay, that's not very far, no. No, no, not far at all. Um, but, you know, as with the 80s, it was a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
Sure. And um, this particular story I want to tell you about was um, in um, 1982. Okay. Um, I was, um, I guess I'm going to have to hang my, uh, teach my skeletons how to dance. The, the, the popular oh. drug around there was, was angel <laughs> dust. Okay. Okay. And, and me and my buddies used to smoke a lot of it. It was very popular. I think there was a biker mm-hmm. gang that produced it around that area. Wow. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. so so we're getting high before this Capitol Center sh- concert with Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And, you know, we get pretty smoked up and we head into the concert. And, you know, my big thing was crash in front. And I found that this term crash in front's not really used anymore. I guess you got to buy your way up front nowadays. So it's, anyways, like a, so, so it's like a general admission thing and you just force your way to the front. Is that what that is? Well, that's, yeah, that's crash in front, but also even if it's a paid, you know, seating arrangement, yeah. you know, you just climb over the seats, whatever, just get to the front. <laughs> oh, like, like crashing a party, you're crashing the front of the venue. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, and, and, okay. <laughs> I was kind of drawn to that through, I started concerts in 76, but um, through general admission, I found front row. And then I'm like, you know, even in seated arrangements, I wanted to get to the front row. Well, security guards weren't real pleased with that sort of stuff. Once they (laughs) knew you weren't supposed to be there or whatever, they hustled you off. And since I was high on green out the door, I went, you know, of course, um, Kicking, uh, Uh-oh. punching. Uh, <laughs> you know, PCP's pretty nasty stuff. So I was spitting on yeah. them all, and it was it was oh an boy. ugly scene. And 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 out the door, I think they opened the door with my head and everything. I got one on each arm, one on each leg. Out the door. Oh, I go, you were like so. a battering ram. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, I ended up walking up this this ramp that led down into the uh, bowels of the. Uh, Capitol Center, which is in Largo, Maryland, and I headed up towards where the buses were parked, and and I found my buddy. He had gotten thrown out too because we were pretty high. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the main reason. We just looked completely out of place in this world. Never mind being at a concert. <laughs> the planet Earth. So, but but my buddy had a, had a um, he he knew this way to get back in the Capitol Center. It was an employee entrance, and they had a coat hanger tied around the inside of the door. So this oh. little wire stuck out, and you pull on the wire, and the door would open, and there would be one security yeah, guard. Yeah, it wouldn't latch there. properly. Got it. Yep. yep. Oh my. It gosh. wouldn't latch properly. Right. You could unlatch it and get in. <laughs> and and so this guy, you know, we kind of dust ourselves off and said, "Man, just just act like you're going out to the car, get some film for your camera or whatever." So. So we go in there with our cameras around our neck and pull the door open. The guy, you know, kind of sits up alertly like he's going to stop us. And we kind of give him a wave and he just lets us go by. <laughs> so we're back in. Well, of course, you know, here I go right back to crash in front again. Yep. <laughs> and and so there I am down there on the floor. And it's only a matter of minutes before, you know, I take a couple pictures of the band. Judas Priest are up and running by now. Right. And, and I'm getting some good uh-huh. pictures. Well, a couple of them. Most of them are <laughs> out of focus, out of focus, you know, not trained correctly, yeah. whatever. They're a mess. So next thing you know, I thought I'm, the camera was out of focus. It was my eyes out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing you know, they got me again and they're out the door. I go again, you know, oh, no. same routine. I'm spitting, kicking, fighting, you know, um, and out the door, battering ramp, bang, open up the door. Well, this time I'm walking up the ramp. 
and there's this strange looking fellow with a with a weird hat on and it's and I'm looking at what that that's Bruce Dickinson. That's you know the opening oh, band wow, he's yeah. heading up for the buses. So oh, somehow I don't you know I managed to have a flash and the camera and I ended up getting a picture with the guy, right? Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> My buddy, of course, he had gotten thrown out, so he snaps the picture. And so now we're heading back for that entrance again. So we go back in there <laughs> and pull pull the wire, go one more time. The guy sees us, oh, he recognizes us again, so he lets us buy I would again. love if you had a third disguise now. <laughs> <laughs> now you're dressed as doctors. You have stethoscopes and lab coats. <laughs> right. So anyways, we get we get through there and, and you know, we had, of course, heading back for the front again. Yep. And uh, lesson learned. We get down there and, and this time they, they grab me again, all hostile. They're really angry at me this time because I've spit on them and I've. And they're I've are they recognizing you at this point? Oh, yeah. It's okay. just a matter of just seeing me. You know, I think I'm invisible, but they yeah, basically right. really easy. I'm a big guy. I'm wearing a mustache now. That's, that's not two kids in a trench coat. <laughs> Groucho Marx mustache. Well, anyway, yes. so, so now, now they're I'm fighting and flailing the same routine again. They're carrying me out through the side door, and and all of a sudden, one of the 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 uh, head uh, bouncers comes over. Stop! 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 And they put him down. Put him down. And, and they go. He goes. Listen. How do you? He goes. We'll let you stay. You just tell us how you keep getting back in. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's easy. So I'm dusting myself off. I says, I go out and buy a ticket and I come back in. He was yeah. furious with that answer. Out, throw him out. The so next thing you know, I'm out the door again. And so anyways, the, the end of this this whole story yeah. is this this happened in 1982. Well, February of this year. So it's 40 mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. I have all these pictures I've never done anything with except for have them in storage. Oh, and oh. I got a hold of this guy up in um, Canada where he got a hold of me. He found out that I had some photos. And so he wanted to publish some of my photos in his book. He has a new Judas Priest book coming out. And, oh. and so I have some good Judas Priest pictures I took in like 84, 83, but certainly not 1982 because yeah. I was caught. <laughs> I, I was wondering if that was going to be in the right. book. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but I sent him what I had. Yeah. Never before and seen. February, by anyone, including me. <laughs> so, February, this beautiful book comes out, the Judas Priest visual biography. And yeah. I'll be goddamned if he didn't use a photo from 1982 the <laughs> night that I was <laughs> getting tossed out over and over. And I'm like, what? That's and awesome. Everyone thinks it's like the greatest photo. And I'm like, okay, uh, I guess a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. It, 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 Do you even like recognize my, yourself in this photo? <laughs> uh, I'm not actually in the photo. Oh, okay. Just what you took. Okay. It's the one. Is I it took somebody's Judas elbow? Priest. I took one of Judas Priest. I don't know. You could probably look it up online. It's Martin's pop off Judas Priest, the visual biography. Wow. And you'll awesome. see this picture of the cover. So this and is it's the first time that I've ever been on a cover of a book. Oh. And like 40 years later, you know, it, it was like just, I was screaming for vengeance and I finally got it. So, <laughs> So I think I, more- I'm sober now, by the way. I don't smoke angel dust anymore. Oh, good. Glad to hear <laughs> that. Excellent. Good. That's Excellent. good. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you I said that because I was going to say down. the lesson for the kids is do drugs. 
And then maybe 40 years later, you'll, you'll, you'll be on, on the cover, cover of a book. Oh. <laughs> right. I don't know. Really playing the long game with this. That yeah. One of my, uh, that's th- those stories. And like a lot of other ones are, are in my book. Um, and I've, you know, somehow even in my compromised state, I used to write stuff down. I photographed, yep. I did audio recordings. Um, awesome. answer machine tapes, a, a district attorney would have loved me back then. And Mr. Child, <laughs> you just made our job a whole lot Exhibit easier. Exhibit A, B, C. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, th- thank you so much, man. How, how can folks find uh, out more about your book? What's your uh, website? To- it's uh, rudychilds.com. Okay. And what, what, R-U-D-Y-C-H-I-L-D-S. Hey, man, I, I thank you so much for, uh, again, being brave enough to share your story, not only with us, but in this forthcoming book. It sounds amazing. We're definitely going to check it out. And we will uh, keep our eyes uh, out uh, looking for it and visit your website as well for more information. Thanks for joining us, Rudy. Thank you. All right. Hey, that, that was pretty interesting, right? I did get it. Look, I'll be honest. He said the angel dust thing and I was getting a little nervous. But I never, I was never into drugs. I don't really understand drugs. Yeah. Were you afraid 40 years later to get like secondhand exposure? What made you uncomfortable? Contact high. <laughs> oh, I just didn't know where the story the was going to go. Decades later. Don't touch me. I mean, we just met Rudy. We invited these calls. He might be admitting a crime. He said he was on Angel Dust and he got a bus full of people. I mean. Who knows where that's going to go? He turns out to be a you know a great storyteller and a very nice guy. Right on. And a wonderful battering ram, as far as I can tell. <laughs> and a yeah, wonderful absolutely. battering ram. He's so practical to have around. Hey, Rudy, I can't get in this door. I forgot my key. He's so. Hey, I'm on it. He just lays down. Seems the position. Rudy is all yeah. about the doors, entering and exiting. Yes, entering, exiting. Right. Hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, mm-hmm. per billboard, hey. it's finally happened. Duran Duran is getting into the Rock Hall. And according to Simon Lebon, mm-hmm. he's mm. quote, excited. As he should be. <laughs> uh, Lebon went on to say, we are so excited and honored to be recognized in this way. It's the closest thing you'll ever get to a rock and roll knighthood. Lebon told a billboard via Zoom from Sicily, where he's uh, the band's playing the next concert of its world to tour supporting 2021's uh, future past album. All right, Kat, are you tracking them? Because at some point, Kat's going to intersect or oh, yeah. <laughs> intersect. I'm going to be going and they're So and when are you the seeing meet. them again? July 10th. July 10th oh, in- uh, Only the right? one yeah. show? In Come London. On, Kat. <laughs> I thought you were a super fan. Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> I'm flying to Hyde Park in London. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I go. would like to see them in New York City as well. Let's I can see, picture Cat uh, now doing the thing that Rudy was telling us about. <laughs> she gets thrown <laughs> out because she gets too, you know, back close around. to the band. She does, mm. what do you call it when you get to the front? I oh. want to crash the front. Crash the front. <laughs> crash the front. <laughs> yeah. Drag her out. Front crashing. Oh, yeah. That's right. I don't think she Even skills. I stalked a band all the way around the Midwest for seven shows. All right, so let's I get, think the least you could right, do Hang is. on. Let's guess now. All right, let's see. Wait. Is this a true story? It is. Okay. What do I right, do right just now? Say, but I'm, uh, I'm just trying to it, shame Cat and love and Duran Duran. Weird Al, we know you've seen seven or eight times. Was it Weird Al? But you, they're not Was a band, though. So you probably wouldn't call Weird Al a band. But he has a band. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't call Weird Al a band. Okay, let's see. We know what what other music he's John into. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. It's very, I mean, it's very broad. I don't have a specific niche. Yeah, it's kind of like hard. He told us about his tapes. He had, you know, not only did he have a Weird Al in there, but he also had the Beastie Boys. He mentioned some rock group that was in there, too. I don't remember what that was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I got nothing. Who was hmm. it? Who are you stalking? Fish? Are you a fish guy? No. <laughs> are you a deadhead? I'm not a fish guy. 
Whoever sang Pac-Man Fever? What? No, it was not Buckner or Garcia either. Uh, no, I followed, I followed, uh, yeah, in 96, I followed Alan Parsons all over the oh, Midwest that's on his who on-air was. Alan tour. Parsons. Because oh, I'm a super guys. Alan Parsons Project yes. fan. And there are, there are stories to be told, but I don't know if they're as good as being a battering ram, but they're good stories <laughs> about getting up front and getting to know people and, yeah. But did you crash? But, but this is about shaming Cat for not loving Duran Duran. This is not about me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Said differently, you could save your mediocre stories for Gen X grown up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, no, what? no, no, I didn't my, mean it that my, way. I don't know what way, other way you could mean it. Um, regarding the fact that Duran Duran's only getting into the rock hall now, Laban said, quote, generally we're not a grudge bearing bunch of people. We live in the moment. And this is something that's happening yes. now. Uh, Duran Duran, of course, led by Cat, was the top vote getter in this year's public fan voting. <laughs> its tally of nine hundred and thirty-four thousand eight hundred and eighty votes nearly was nearly three thousand three hundred thousand more than Eminem. Oh yeah, were you every voting every day? day? Every day, every day, <laughs> I voted to get them far, far ahead of Eminem. <laughs> you know, this story and another story we have coming up, it, yeah. the thing that stuns me is not the, like, oh, Duran Duran made it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's Duran Duran's not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ah, that's the part mm-hmm. that's surprising. Yeah. I thought they were already there. <laughs> yes. I can't believe it. Right, right. Yeah. Huh? And, you, and regarding Dolly. And Pat yeah. Benatar. Come on. Yes. Oh, I know. But I learned something about that yeah. is she was... Um, I guess she refused to be part of it right. un- unless her husband was involved. She didn't want it to just be her because her husband is her songwriter or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. he's, he's heavily involved. So she, she stuck to her guns to make sure that it was both of them getting inducted and not just her. That's pretty so cool. That's why it took oh, really? so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. She would have been, think- she would have been in already. I think that is interesting because it does seem like there's some kind of wiggle room with how they consider folks because, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's other folks on this list. Like, look, Dolly Parton writes a lot of her own music. I'm sure of it, but there's probably someone else that she's, you know, uh, done work with. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, your rhythmics is a band, I guess. Carly Simon probably writes all of her music. Lionel, I'm sure Lionel Richie has some songwriters that write stuff for him. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. I mean, that's, how does that hmm. work? Yeah. It sounds like they wanted to get her in. So they did. Oh right, yeah. Okay. Well, that Neil comes in too. I mean, look, not that he doesn't deserve it. I understand the reasons why he would Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And regarding Dolly Parton, you know, you know, who earlier this year said that she did not want to be nominated. Laban mm-hmm. says she deserves to be included. Quote, rock and roll is such a broad term these days. I think it's about people who have done something meaningful in contemporary music. Personally, that's what I think it should be. End quote. Super yeah. cool thing about this, right, Kat, is that the induction will also give uh, Laban and Nick Rhodes and I should say Roger Taylor how many uh-huh. Taylors do and we John. have? John Taylor. Right, okay. LeBon, Simon LeBon, John Taylor, <laughs> Roger <laughs> Taylor, and Nick mm-hmm. Rhodes, an opportunity mm-hmm. to, return, to reunite with Andy Taylor. No Andy relation. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, hell, yeah. yeah. They're, they, all, they, they're all completely separate. Uh, LeBon yeah. indicated that he confirmed that Andy Taylor, as well as Andy's successor, Warren hmm, Cucurolo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation, but that sounded good. <laughs> Who was with the band from 89 to 2001. Are, have both agreed and are both very excited to, to participate in the uh, Rock mm-hmm. Hall induction. And mm-hmm. went on to say that the hardest thing to be is going to be figuring out which songs to perform during the ceremony. Yeah. I was encouraged, though, that he said that, look, Andy was part of Hungry Like a Wolf, Rio. So mm-hmm. we're probably going to do some songs mm-hmm. that Andy was a part of. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. 
Oh yeah. yeah I like he some was, of the later songs, but yeah, he was involved in uh, everything up till notorious pretty much. Mm. I don't, I don't know he how you don't say notorious whenever you say no, no, no. no. <laughs> nope. We yeah. had asked Andy to come on the show and he said he would, but he didn't want to talk about the 1980s. And so we said, no, thank you. <laughs> Maybe he will now. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which is funny because he wrote a book about the 1980s. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, being speaking of drugs, now, what's that? Speaking of now, yeah. I love how Simon said that they just live in the moment. Yeah. Because their latest album is called Future Past. Oh. Which if you combine, it's oh, the now. I see. Living in the now, living in the present. That's deep. deep. Oh, yeah. Too deep for the show. <laughs> hey, as reported by Entertainment Weekly and other 1980s news, first Cobra Kai season five trailer has hit the internet. More exciting mm -hmm. news. And <laughs> uh, so we know that the show is going to show ultimately with screens on Friday, September 9th, which uh, seems seems soon because I think most of them, other ones had dropped, what, like the December 31st, January 1st of mm. prior years. Yeah, it was December was the most right. recent one. Yep. Yeah. Actually, wasn't it New Year's Eve? I was like, oh, I yeah. know what I'm doing. Yep. And I, think I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> yes. yep. Yep. And I think the last, yep. the season before that, the same. Uh, if you guys remember, I mean, season four ended, it was just crazy, right? Yes. I mean, Terry Silver, you know, stole the Alk uh, Valley Karate Tournament. He's being shady mm. about it. Mm -hmm. uh, as a result, uh, Daniel and Johnny have to shut down their schools. Mm -hmm. He frames uh, Crease for <laughs> attempted murder on Stingray. <laughs> oh and he's gosh. going to jail. Mm -hmm. Robbie runs to Mexico to find his father. Uh, it's pretty, mm -hmm. like a lot of uh, loose threads. And the trailer seems to indicate yep. that some of those are going to be tied up. We see Johnny uh, headed down to Mexico with Robbie in tow, although we find out that his son Robbie isn't aware that he's going to help uh, Johnny find uh, Robbie's rival and doesn't seem too mm -hmm. happy about it. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems pretty hilarious when you see that moment where they have that F those FBI shirts on in Mexico. Yes. And then you see on the back of it, it says female body uh, inspector. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. It's got to be because they were planning on infiltrating something and wanted to make it seem like they were FBI, but have some plausible or have some deniability, I guess. Is it just me or is Cobra Kai getting further and further and further from the Karate Kid series? Oh. <laughs> There's clearly its own thing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just yeah. happens to still be those guys. But we're, we're, I feel like we're done with original threads from the Karate Kid and we're doing our own thing now. So Are you okay I, I watched that? that. You just mentioned all the threads and all yeah. the interweaving things and all the different characters and going to Mexico. I'm like, it's Karate Kid still, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm say so. <laughs> but you sound like yeah. you're not okay with that, John. Are you okay with this? I, I just, I, I, I love the first two seasons yeah. and the third just got too convoluted for me. In fact, I don't okay. think I finished that third or whatever the last season was. Yeah. yeah I didn't finish it because it was just uh, like, I'm, it, I was exhausted. I was exhausted hmm. by it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Cobra Kai burnout. Oh man. <laughs> Ken, I just devoured all the seasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know, to your point about whether it's wrapped up threads, the biggest thread from the original films hasn't been wrapped up until maybe now, which is the resolution of the conflict between these two main characters, Danny and Johnny. Mm -hmm. And if I had any frustration or grudge with the show all this time so far was it took too damn long to get there. Season one, we had that kind of they're together and then an episode later they're apart. Same thing, season two, season three, season four. Mm -hmm. Finally, it seems like they had their forced together. They learn they must mm -hmm. cooperate. Mm -hmm. I, at that mm -hmm. point, I was feeling a little bit like, all right, you know, it's a, it's kind of drawing out, kind of teasing you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. here's the payoff, right? Not really. Yeah. Stay tuned. Right. So I was like, mm. yeah, I agree. Drag it's ridiculous, it but I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. I am gasoline. I'll be there. 
<laughs> Chosen. Oh yes. Chosen. Who would have thought? Chosen, who was kind of like yeah. a, you know, eh, he was sort of a forgettable bad guy in the right, right. Karate Kid too, but he seems like he's going to be the one to watch in this next season. Oh yeah. Right? Hilarious. So look, I don't know what you were alluding to, John. You were alluding to, uh, you said something about another story we have coming up. So the other one I was talking about was the fact that at the age of 93, yeah. after what's like six decades yeah. in, mm-hmm. in, 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 Cinema and TVs that has made our childhood and beyond. James uh-huh. Hong finally got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and it was. I watched. I watched the live stream, and it was. Did glorious. you watch it? It was fantastic. Yes, yes. So adorable. Oh my god, oh, he is the crazy best. adorable. Yeah. I was just, and that was what I was saying. I'm surprised he doesn't already have one. Just like I was stunned that Duran Duran was not yet in the hall. Right? It's like, uh, are you telling me he doesn't yes. have one yet? Yeah, what? I, I was happy to see that. Did you see him uh, lay down? In a fetching pose. <laughs> yes. Yep. And then he yep. somebody had to help him back up again. <laughs> Man. Oh but, yes. But when I when I look at have you looked at the man's IMDB page, mm-hmm. it must scroll oh, eight hundred pages long. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. You know? yeah. And it has and you look at like the TV shows that I love that I forgot he was a part of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like everything that matters. You know, it's like Hawaii Five-O, All the Family, Beretta, Rockford Files, The Bionic Woman, Wonder Woman, Maude, Charlie's Angels, Miami Vice, yes. Magna P.I., everything. Right. Yes. He was in a bit part or something. He was part of everything. And just like everything. the stories he must be able to tell. Who hasn't he met? Who hasn't he worked with? And now he's got a star. God mm-hmm. bless the man. Yeah. Even I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, There's the litmus test. There it is. <laughs> he started his, to your point, he started working in the 1950s. Uh, and Entertainment Weekly points out he's probably one of the only living guy that's worked with Groucho Marx. Oh, I'm sorry. He, yeah. he, according to Entertainment Weekly, he's referred to himself as probably the only living guy that worked with Groucho Marx. Um, but yeah, huh. Chinatown, wow. Blade Runner. He's terrifying in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I think. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. And playing yes. those dual roles of the, you know, the, the feeble old man and then the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. seven right. foot tall Lopan. But he's not. Right. That's right. Lopan. And Kat, uh. you just saw him in the, in his new, in the new film, right? Everything, everywhere, all at uh. once. Mm-hmm. Yes. No spoilers. No spoilers. But you can guess that he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's not spoiling anything. <laughs> like, you already know he's awesome. Go see this movie. Yeah. Go yes. see it. That your earliest a, opportunity. Th- this is one of those cool. I, there's like a handful of movies, maybe eight to ten movies I can think of, like like The Sixth Sense and The Fight Club. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that like you see it the first time and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know what this was going to be. Mm. And every time after that, it's going to be a different film. I think every everything everywhere all at once uh, you were talking about, Kat, is going to be like yeah. that. The second time yeah. I see it, totally different movie. So did you, did you see it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't oh, I didn't see it. It. You had seen it. Oh, James Hong yeah, yeah. is in it. Of course I went to see it. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize you saw it. Yep. yep. No, no spoilers. Well, Kiwi Kwan is back. We want to see him. Yeah, that's right. We'll get a little short round action yeah. in it too. Yeah, no, that was just great. Go. I, I, just go. Just go see it. It wasn't in any of the articles I read recently, but I do remember reading before that these stars are acquired, I believe, by the stars or someone on their behalf campaigning to get them. Mm-hmm. So there isn't an organization mm-hmm. that sits around like other types of committees and considers, well, who among our right. peers deserves a recognition? No, you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it yourself. And then you have to actually pay for it to have it installed as well. So there's some fundraising that needs to be done by the person who's going to get the star or somebody mm-hmm. on their behalf to actually mm-hmm. pay for the installment. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is a wonder that it took so long, but uh, yeah, well-deserved, of course. I envisioned it was somebody just like me who realized, oh, are you kidding? He doesn't have one yet? Let's get this fixed. <laughs> yeah. And then then I read that they had a Kickstarter or fund me or whatever yes. right. for yes. like 50 grand. And it was funded like four days. It was like four done. Days. Mm-hmm. It took four done. days. <laughs> yeah. Beloved guy, beloved guy by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Did I screw the pooch by hey. bringing up James Hong? Had you ditched that one and I was keeping it alive? 
I did a, I did a deep tease to it and then you couldn't let it go. Sorry. <laughs> no, he couldn't remember what it was. No, I could, yeah. You know what oh. I didn't print that page out. That's why. <laughs> he didn't print God, it out. Yeah, Christ. Oh, I, I don't Two know weeks in. John's wrecking this show. As long as you had hey, in other 1980s news, this is all just recording now. Hey, in other 1980s news. Oh, oh, John, do you want to do it? All right. Now I'll add that <laughs> into it before. Okay. I'll give you one now. You can edit it in. Okay. And in other 1980s news, James Hong. Working out. Okay. In other 1980s news, just weeks after what will be its 40th anniversary, a sequel to 1984's mockumentary, This Is Spinal Tap, will hit theaters on March 19th, 2024. I had no idea this was a possibility. I would never have imagined wow. it. John, you're a big I fan mean, of Spinal Tap. Did you suspect 100%. This? Oh, my God. I had no idea. Right. I mean, I've seen Christopher Guest do other things yeah. and he's gotten together with those guys to do other films, you know, mm -hmm. Mighty Wind and stuff. He has that whole troop, but another Spinal Tap film. Right. I, I thought the closest we'd ever get is on the Criterion edition of Spinal Tap. There's an audio commentary by the three guys in character. Mm. And I'd always told people, <laughs> this is the closest we're ever going to yeah. come to a sequel because it feels they are talking about it some, you know, decade later. Yeah. And I, I uh -huh. thought that was what we're going to get. And then to see if they're going to do another one, I'm Sold. Take my money. <laughs> I think it was in 92 or 94. They did some kind of live event that was considered the sequel. I think it's even called Spinal oh. Tap 2 maybe or something like that. But it's hmm. not yeah. It's not the spiritual successor that this film right. seems to, that it's going to be. The good news is, is everybody's back. The new movie was going to be directed by Rob Reiner, who made his directorial debut with the first film. Think oh, about wow. how many terrific films he would go on to direct after that. He, you know. And appeared in it. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, mm -hmm. as yeah. Marty DeBerge. Marty DeBerge. <laughs> Here's more 80s news, or 80s nerdiness for you, right, John? That uh, the cap he wears in that film also appears in the film he directed, The Princess Bride. Because Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits said he would only do the score for The Princess Bride if he put the cap in there somewhere. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was... <laughs> That's awesome. Was it, it was in the boy's bedroom, yes, right? Was it like on the, yeah, on the, like, on the, on the, like on a shelf behind him or something. Yeah, on a shelf behind him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. But also yeah. returning well, with my advanced age, I had forgotten that, but yep. I vaguely remember it now. Sure you know. yeah. <laughs> also returning is everybody else. Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, Christopher mm -hmm. Guest. Uh, sadly, Rick Parnell, who played the drummer, Mick Shrimpton just passed away at the age of 70. And mm -hmm. Mick, oh, man. Uh, uh, Rick, uh, Rick rather was, uh, you know, he was legit, uh, drummer who played on a number of popular songs uh, throughout the 1980s, including the drum heavy Mickey by, uh, Tony Basil. Wow. You know, and John, you're talking about how you never expect to get a sequel. And part of it, I think for me was like, what mm -hmm. could it possibly be about? Well, Reiner explains that. He says, uh, telling Deadline, quote, the idea was that Ian Faith, who is the manager of the band, has passed away. Mm -hmm. In reality, Tony Hendra, who played Ian Faith, also passed away, unfortunately. But, but the story mm -hmm. is that Ian's widow inherited a contract that said Spinal Tap owed them one more concert. She's basically mm -hmm. going to sue them if they don't uh, all these years and a lot of bad blood. And we'll get into, uh, we'll get into, and they're thrown back together to, and forced to deal with each other to play this concert. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> I'm in. And somehow I, that Ian is you know, back. <laughs> I love the trend in cinema of going back to revisit characters mm -hmm. in real time has passed and we see them mm -hmm. much older. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. we're seeing it mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick. Yep. I love that trend. Right. We saw right. it to, to a degree with Ghostbusters. We've seen it with a number of things where you're like, you know Cobra what? It's Kai. been 40 years. You're 40 years old. Yeah, Cobra Kai, right. we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Like, I don't need a franchise about it, but to see one more time <laughs> these guys get together. Because it shows how it shows how seminal the film was in the first place yeah. to mm -hmm. have stayed in the collective consciousness long enough for it to matter decades later. And mm -hmm. I just think it's like a love letter to the people who loved it all this time. I think it's a great trend. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and something that we wouldn't 
or haven't had before, right? I, I think we could say safely in Hollywood, you haven't had this thing going mm-mm, back to mm-mm. films like that. Yeah, yeah. In part, probably because people are living longer and, mm. and have more. Yeah, well, and in part, you know, in the eighties, what films came out in the forties that you want to see a sequel to? Oh, who, <laughs> but, but yes. Oh, Green is my Valley too. Yes. Right? But let's say you said, let's say you said Casablanca. Well, Bogart's not going to be right. in it. So right. again, he could probably die when he was yeah. 60 years old or something. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good yeah. Point. Gone uh, with the wind again. Well, they're not going to see those, you know, 40 years. Who cares? Still blowing. <laughs> Oh, Reiner, <laughs> I thought Reiner also said he would like to include more real life rock star moments in this work of fiction. He explains that in the original film, some of the most memorable moments came from stories that were shared with him by actual mm. rock stars. He says, oh, for example, I like they in the should movie, get Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> oh they my God. Rudy yes. in this film. They got to have that bus that breaks down in West Virginia. Yes. Uh, here's some examples he provided. So, you know, there's a moment in the movie where they get stoned and can't find the stage. You'll remember that. Fans of the film remember mm-hmm. that. That happened yep. to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, when Nigel <laughs> really? is frustrated by the little bread and the catering that won't hold the cold cuts. Remember that? He's like, he just keeps crumbling. Of course. Uh, he said that was taken Look, from- you fold it and you fold yeah, it again. Right? And you fold it again. Yes. And you fold it again. Why is he, why is he even doing it? Quit folding. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, right. but you understand. Yeah, palm soft. Um, he said that was taken the, from a Rolling Stone- 13-inch Stonehenge? Sorry. Yes. You're they, bringing back a flood of memories. Rolling Stone article about a uh, tour of Van Halen. This is a famous story here. Van Halen had re- uh, when in their rider, they didn't want brown M&Ms. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, he says original keyboard player Jonathan Sinclair, who when he was with the band Uriah Heep, visited us. He said that they were booked into a military base, so they stuck that in. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, these these moments seem to hit home with Sting because he says uh, Sting approached him years ago, saying that I've seen the movie fifty times, and every time I watch it, I don't know whether to laugh or cry because so it's so much what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, cool. Hey, we know how Sting you know, hated being in the band, don't we? Oh, right. yeah. Oh, they have to put that in there. Someone saying that, uh, what, you're, you're, this spinal tap serves me. You, you can't grow right. up if you're in yep. a band. Mm, All grow. right, hey, that was 1980s news. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Please welcome John Oates to the show. Hi, John. Yeah, you know what? This is way funnier than I thought it was going to be. We're talking with Brendan Fraser. And how do you work with Pauly Shore and Helen Mirren in one career? <laughs> you get really lucky. What did you learn from Pauly Shore? Don't do that. Miley <laughs> Cyrus. I was going to bring you a bottle of blonde and a bottle of brown hair dye. And I'll have both. <laughs> Here's what exactly I pick both. one. My theory is that the blonde is the old you growing out. Right. Right, and the, the and the people. natural color is like the Who natural right youth. Yeah, exactly. And exactly what I've been as a kid. I've always been both. I would wear my brown hair when I was Miley, and I would wear my blonde wig when I was Hannah Montana. So I've always had both. Brady Bunch star Maureen McCormick traded sex for drugs. Seriously? Yeah, I did. I mean, I knew some dealers, and they had the coke, and I wanted it, and I would have sex for it. We believe fake news is just more entertaining. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Best 1980s news ever. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Was it how oh, yeah. uh, well, improvisational it was? Uh, well, that was great, too. How but the goosey? news itself was just like, oh. yay, yay, yeah. <laughs> yay. <laughs> All right. Hey, what else do we say? Hey, if you like the show, I'm shocked <laughs> because it was a little too loosey-goosey <laughs> for me. But no, you love it. You love it like that. <laughs> so like, rate, oh, review it, follow, uh, subscribe, mm-hmm. or, you know, subscribe, which is free. Again, you said that before. Mm-hmm. That's Send right. us an email. My email's will at 1980snow. 
I read them. He does. So let me share my screen here. So like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be playing a game where I'm going to challenge John and Kat to identify or help mm-hmm. me build the a large TV shared universe using a series of clues that I'll give them uh, and have them compete head to head to identify the different TV shows that we have here. So I've got a board here. I'm going to share it here. I have a suspicion I'm going to be the only one being challenged. Here. I don't know. I don't. Hey, we don't oh, know. No? Oh. Okay, so here on the screen here, you guys can see I have a game board and I'm behind and, and uh, mm-hmm. behind each of the uh, squares. And so folks who are just listening at home, I've got 10 squares that are connected by various lines. Behind each of those is a television show, with the exception of one, that is somehow connected to the 1980s. And they are connected in various ways, creating a large television universe. Mm, got it. Not like we've done got be- it. before. We're going to go back and forth, uh, giving you guys a series of three clues to try to identify it. Uh, every time we go, we I give an additional clue, the possible score value, the score value of that uh, cl- uh, that TV show, uh, mm-hmm. point value rather, goes down by five. So we start at 15, 15, 10, and then mm-hmm. five points. Mm-hmm. Sooner you mm-hmm. get it, the more points you get. And we'll take turns going back and forth uh, to determine... Um, who gets the first clue? Makes sense. I'm a little bit intimidated, but I'm excited. Oh, no, it's so fun. I love this. All right. Um, I mean, I'm intimidated too, but it's fun. Okay, but it's still fun. <laughs> it's still fun. Earlier on the show, we flipped a coin to determine who would go first, and John was the winner. Um, okay, so John, you know what? I think differently than we've done before. Usually I indicate where we're going to start on the board. Okay. I'm going to just ask you where you want to start. I'm going to tell you a couple of things right now. The one that is blue on there is not uh, in the 1980s. And the one okay. that is red on there is is obs- so obscure, I think, maybe not for you, that it's actually going to start the, we're going to actually start the point value at 20 and go down from there. Ooh. The Whoa. solid lines really place these, you know, really have a stronger relationship, let's say, between the two properties than the dotted lines. So the dotted lines I like it. are definitely connected I like it. and you'll see why, uh, mm-hmm. but are a little more tenuous, let's say. All right. Where do you want to start? Mm. Wow. Um mm. Can I, let, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at number one. All right. Oh. So number one, I'm going <laughs> to, if I don't screw this up, the first thing I'm going to show you here is some basic information about the show. Number one is a sitcom <laughs> that ran from 1975 to 1985. Hmm. All right. And John, since you are uh, going first here, you get the first clue. Mm-hmm. This show, uh, this show rather, uh, was created by Norman Lear. Uh Sitcom that read from 75 to 85, and it was created by Norman Lear, who folks know, right? He created a lot of television shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a guess. Right. I have a guess. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Happy Days. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. All right, Kat, yeah, next okay. clue goes to you for 10 points. Yeah. Okay. Not sure. I think that was a little earlier. I think it ended before 85, so okay. And the clues get easier as we go along, too. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Uh, the show focuses, and the second clue, so the first clue is going to be created by the second one is uh, is about the synopsis of the show. I think mm-hmm. you're all going to get them by the second clue, really. <laughs> if you okay. don't get it, the third clue is the, uh, is the is the name of the actors in the show. Oh. Okay. This uh, the Clue number two is the show focuses on a couple who have been able to move from Queens to Manhattan following the success of their family business. Oh. <laughs> Just not waving oh. his hands. Well, moving on up, moving on up. Is it the Jeffersons? That's right. Yeah, way to go, Kat. Good job. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Mm, Look, see, Kat, you're already running away with it. 
I right. that's a miracle. Ten points. What's that? <laughs> All right. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. All right, Kat, where do you want to go? So now now that we have a box though, you have to up sure you have to stay with ones that are connected. So I got I right. Yeah. Well, there's only one option here. Yep. All right, that's true. All right. Number so let me show two. you uh let me show you the basic information about that one real quickly here. So this uh next uh television show is a sitcom that ran from 90 to 96. Now I mentioned oh, this one's dear. blue, so you're not going to get extra points for it. Mm. I don't know that it's more difficult, but it's one that, as, I, as you see right there uh, on the base level, was not in the 1980s. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not in the 1980s, but there's a strong connection. Okay. Now here's your first clue. It was created by Andy and Susan Borowitz. <laughs> <Ooh. Ooh>. uh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um... <laughs> That doesn't help me. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's hard. I got nothing. See, this is why it, uh, I could have done a better job creating this game. Usually, John, you some people will take to the third clue. You guys are never going to get to these third clues. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Right. It'll be tied with Cat. Yeah, okay. Yay! <laughs> All right, here is your second clue. This uh, vague synopsis of the plot, which is, it's not so vague as you're not going to get it. A street smart teenager from West Philadelphia is sent to live with his wealthy uncle and aunt in California. Gotcha. So the first Prince of Bel-Air. That's you. right. Oh my gosh. I thought you needed a moment there. Wow, it's just okay, gotcha. That, that was a dramatic pause. That's what we do <laughs> in radio, Kat. Oh, is oh, we're trying to, oh, he's fighting. John gets competitive when he's... That's what we do. No, is that the That's what we, we do. The okay, Fresh so what is the connection, yeah. do you think, between the Fresh Prince and the Jeffersons? Uh, Wait, is that for John or me? Either of you guys. I'm going to tell you. So he's not for any points. Yeah, I mean. Just starting a conversation. I mean, it's kind of thematically, it's about someone coming from, you know, living in a Aha. disadvantaged area and moving up into kind of the uh, mm -hmm. affluence. I see. So John, I don't know if thematic was the link you're looking for. Well, you know, and since you haven't played with us before, we're going to get, the, the, the connections are going to be more concrete than that. And I'll okay, show you, right. and I'll tell you why. Because in season five, episode 17 of The Fresh Prince, uh, titled uh, Will is from Mars, the Jeffersons made a guest appearance as a couple in a therapy class. Oh, then, yeah. in 1996, cool. during the series finale of the show, the Jeffersons made a, an additional appearance as the buyers of the Banks family house. Oh my hmm. So in the last episode, gotcha. they're moving out and they're you know showing the home to a bunch of people and the Jeffersons are the ultimate bidders. Wow, be. that's really All right, cool. John, it's your turn now. So now look, you, you, you still you're in a little, when you get to five, you're going to get some options here. But for now, you got to go down to this mm -hmm, middle mm -hmm. box. So I'm going to just All show right. you the basic going information. Down, going down, down a good old number five. I like it. All right, you got another sitcom here. And this one was, as you see, was uh, aired from 78 to 85. Connected to the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Okay, here's your first clue, John, for 15 points. Mm -hmm. Oh, this isn't a created by. What did I do here? Huh. Oh. <laughs> All right. Advantage Johnny. So yeah, you might get this one. I don't know. The uh -oh. show became known for, quote, very special episodes in which serious issues such as racism, illegal drug use, and child sexual abuse were dramatically explored. Now you'll note that this show is listed as a sitcom. Mm -hmm. I have a guess. Okay. I do have a guess. Yep. I do have a guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Different strokes. That's right. Wow. Right. Hey, that's All what you were talking right. about, Willis. Awesome. <laughs> wow, John leaps ahead. Yeah. 25 points now. Inevitable. <laughs> Which, cat? you know what that means? <laughs> that means... Look, you, right now you can go any number of places on this board. But, but score-wise, it would be advantageous to go to that red box, which starts off at 20 points. But I'm going to tell you right now, 
That one is a hard one. I don't even yeah, know if you, John's going to get that one. <laughs> so it's, so the deal what? is that it's super, it's super obscure, you said. That's the deal with Nabucco. Right? Yeah, you know it's connected okay. to different strokes okay. somehow, though. Okay. So anything yeah. obscure is my forte. I feel like maybe before, a little risky. Here. Before we move on, any idea how the different, how different strokes oh, is connected right. to the Fresh Prince? Mm. I'll tell you. In that same episode that the Jeffersons appeared, Gary Coleman and Conrad Bain reprised their roles as Arnold and Mr. Hmm. Drummond, uh, where they consider buying the bank's mansion. They referenced Willis by name before meeting Will Smith's character, leading Coleman to utter the phrase, what you talking about, Will? Wow. Mm. Imagine the benefit I'd have had if I ever watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, it was in the 90s. It was a little later for me. Yeah, it was, I was in junior college and, you know, we were partying hard, yeah. as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right, Kat, where do you want to go? Door. You got number three, number six, number seven, number eight, or number nine you can move to. You got five boxes. Now, so one of them, boxes. for folks at home listening, one of them is solidly connected, that number three. And number six mm-hmm. are solidly connected. And you'll note that the episodes we talked about, the shows we talked about so far have that same solid line. So they're going to be connected in a similar way. The remaining mm-hmm. boxes have this dotted line because they're a little, you'll see why uh, it'll become mm-hmm. clearer after we uh, reveal one, but they're connected differently. Oh gosh. Am I feeling risky? No, I'll go number three. All right. Number three. Let's just see what kind of thing we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. That's a sitcom from 19, that ran from 1982 mm-hmm. to 1986. Okay. Here's your first clue, Cat. The show's mm-hmm. theme song is titled Together. Hmm. Can you sing it? I'm not singing it. <laughs> Mostly because I don't, I kind of, you know what's funny is I have it in my head, but I think I'm really singing the theme to Family Ties. Oh, <laughs> I got nothing. All right, John. Mm. Clue number two for 10 points goes to you. In the, I just feel like this is just, it's just working out this way. In the pilot episode, a boy arrives at the mansion of the father he has never met. Um, Silver spoons? Oh, that's right. I think he was. Oh my God. I was was building my way up to saying the whole word. I wasn't sure. (laughs) It's it's like you keep your finger on the chest piece until you're totally certain. You know, I wasn't positive. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Of course, that show, and I should be mentioning this all the time, but I'm not going to go back and do it. That show starred Joel Higgins, Aaron Gray, Ricky Schroeder, Alfonso Mm -hmm. Ribeiro, who also starred in The Fresh uh, Prince. Oh, yeah. Okay, but that's not the show it's connected to on our board here. The Silver Spoons is connected to different strokes. Any idea how these might be connected? You could probably take a general guess without knowing the specifics, I bet. Uh, Didn't Ricky Schroeder show up on different strokes or the other way around? That's pretty close, yeah. So on an episode of Silver (laughs) Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. On an episode of Silver Spoons (laughs) called The Great Computer Caper, Ricky mm-hmm. tries to impress a student reporter by hacking into a secret military computer site, but the FBI closes in after the Ooh. material ends up in the school newspaper. That student reporter is Arnold visiting the uh uh-huh. Let's see. Uh, so let's see. It's John's turn now. Did I give you your points? Let's see. You got what? 10 points? No. Uh, he's- uh, that uh, was the second, second clue. Yeah, so 10 points, 10 I think. Points. Yeah. All right. So, John, yeah. all right. All right, so now, sure. John, it's also your turn. Where would you yeah. like to go? So you can go. So here's my plan. Yeah. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 
to a place where I can fail early to give Cat yeah. an advantage to oh. get more points on the second guess. Oh, so I'm going to go to box six. Oh. See there? Oh, this should be worth that right? I am. It should be worth a thousand points. Should we just make okay. it worth a thousand oh. points? Because uh, you know what? Watch. John will get it. John will probably get it, right? It's only one year. Oh, no. Well, oh, that, I told you, this is going to be well, tricky. One year? It's a one sitcom year. that only ran from 79 to 80. It's bad enough what? if something's going for 10 years and I haven't seen it. There's only, I only had one year of a chance right. to see it. All right. So, uh, John, this is your first clue. You could get it with just 20, sure. point, with 20 points here. I don't see uh, that happening. Clue number one was it was created by Dick Bensfield and Perry Grant. <laughs> Back to these... <laughs> <laughs> Look, this week was tough. Not, Last week was not tough. The Dick Bensfield and Perry Grant. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, just getting buzzed for making fun of the creators of the show. No, I'm just. Hey, it lasted one year. It couldn't have been that good. All right, cat. For 15 <laughs> points, you can uh, certainly pull. Uh, now the gap between the two of you. Clue number two is the summary of the plot. After a divorce, a radio talk show host relocates from L.A. to Portland with his two teenage daughters. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, even John looks a little stumped. <laughs> his eyebrows are going crazy. I Ponderous furrowed. I just don't know no? what this okay. is. I'm curious to know if I will in the end. All right. What are we down to? Ten, uh, another 10 points, right? Two radio yeah, talk shows, two teenage daughters. All right, so John, the final clue for 10 points is it starred McLean Stevenson. Oh, oh McLean Steve. Yeah, you know, Jim, I, it's like, on the tip I can of see it. Right yeah. No, it's it's not it's not on the tip it's of not. anything. It's like I can see him in this sitcom. Yeah. McLean Stevenson was in uh, uh, Simon and Simon, right? Well, that was he was great in that. But uh, uh, that's not a sitcom from 79 to 80. I think he's best known guy? for being in MASH. He uh, played... Uh, Blake Henry. Uh, Henry oh, Blake? oh, gotcha. After that, he had guy, two but... failed shows in a row. Right before he was on oh. the show, they gave him another chance here. This wasn't one of the failed shows. No, well, ultimately it is. Yes, but okay. yeah, apparently he had, it was, he had yeah. two. He was he had a real run after Mash. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Nope. No idea. Not All for right. me. This show we're looking for is called Hello, Larry. Oh, I told goodbye, you. Larry. Yeah. And goodbye, Larry. <laughs> goodbye. Do, do, do you have a fifth clue? Perhaps it'll help me. Oh, that was the name. Yeah, no, okay. no. <laughs> I gave you the name and you couldn't get it. I'm still not sure. Uh, although the first season focused on Larry at the radio station, the second focused on his relationship with his daughters because the first season did not do well on the, the, the uh, producers of the show. Can, can you use it in a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's connected to different strokes. Because in season one, they had a they had a two part episode that was essentially a crossover in different strokes. Right. Episode season one, episode nineteen. The Drummonds visit Oregon so that Mister Drummond can inspect the radio station he just purchased, which includes a show hosted by his old army buddy Larry. Oh, and then in season okay. season one, episode ten of Hello Larry sees the conclusion of that arc, where the Drummonds arrive and uh, Mister Drummond has to consider firing his friend. Oh no! Uh, so it's not really a spinoff. It was uh, kind of a backdoor pilot. Well, mm -hmm. actually, it wasn't even a backdoor pilot because what? No, what really it had been on the original series yeah, for that, they, right? Essentially, what they I think what happened was the show Hello Larry was doing so poorly that they retconned it mid-season to try to connect it to a successful show, and they aired mm. these shows at the time they aired back to back. So you know they were I trying see. to get some. Uh, they were mm. trying to draft uh, mm -hmm. different strokes. He was even getting right. fired in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Insanity. 
That's the one word I would use to describe the mixtape podcast. Yes, they talk about the 80s and 90s. Sort of. And yes, they feature interviews from time to time. And yes, they can be funny. But really, the best word to describe this show? Insanity. Well, that and awesome. Find the Mixtape Podcast on Spotify or anywhere you download podcasts. Or by heading over to www.themixtapepod.com. <laughs> All right, Kat, back to you. So now look, okay. you've got you've got four, seven, eight, nine you can choose from because they're oh. all connected to different no, sorry. You've got seven, eight, and nine to I, I misspoke right. earlier, I realized. Seven, I eight, and nine to, to connect or connected to different strokes. Mm -hmm. uh, lucky number seven. All right, lucky number seven is an action show. <gasps> oh, I like it. From eighty right. it ran from eighty two to eighty six. All right. And I know you know your action shows, and I'm not I'm not That's being facetious. This is serious. That's my highest uh, probability. <laughs> All right. Action show that ran from 1982, 1986. And your clue is it was created by Glenn Larson. Now oh, that cool. clue is as helpful as Norman Lear because Glenn Larson created a lot of shows in the seventies and eighties that we love, including this one. Yeah. But, but the, the names, I'm not so Come on. Can Kat focus on the genre? 82 to 86, an action show. Okay. I'm just going to guess yep. a show okay. that Scott and I are currently watching, which is the A-Team. That is such I'm just a great guess, but it's wrong. No, darn. Okay. All right, John. All right. Clue that, number, that would have been my guess with his first clue as well. So clue number two for you, John, oh. for 10 points. Okay. It's always the mm. plot that gives it away, right? It's <laughs> okay. Self-made billionaire rescues police detective after a near fatal shot to the face. Wait. What? Self-made billionaire? Self-made self billionaire rescues police detective after a near fatal shot to the face. That's that's what kicks off the show. That's not the that's not what the show is always about every episode. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, we got to save another police officer shot to the face. <laughs> <laughs> then they turn. It turns out the self-made billionaire is actually shooting them. Oh. Created an industry. Oh. Oh. Next week on Sniped oh. by a Billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Duck. <laughs> I, I eighty two eighty six action. I thought I was down with it. I don't know. No. Just take a guess of a show that's I've earned a buzzer. All right. Kat thinks she knows. I think I know. All right, Kat, what do you Is got? Is it Knight Rider? Let's go! Oh! Yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> so did she steal with a 10-point level? She stole without the next clue, right? No. Oh, oh yes, hmm. you did. That's true. Hmm. All right. Hey, if John, you agree to that. I think, yeah. John, that was so sweet I'm, of you. Thanks. Hey, I'm, I'm here for no other reason than to screw up the show, make up my own rules. We should probably do help. it that way, shouldn't we? If you could steal without the next clue, you should be able to get that point level. Yeah, oh, I like uh, that. Next time. What was the or next whenever. clue? I'm just curious. Uh, starred Edward It's Wolf called Knight Rider. William Daniels <laughs> and David Okay. Oh, yeah, you would have gotten the, it. The Hoff. Don't hassle the Hoff, man. The Hoff. So uh, Different Strokes, according to our chart here, is connected in a different way to Knight Rider. Hmm. hmm. Mr. Drummond had to fire David Hasselhoff, perhaps. <laughs> Wait, actually David Hasselhoff, though, right? He bought NBC. Right. <laughs> well, you're kind of... Uh, no, you're not really in the ballpark. And loosely connected. Huh? I, I, mean, I don't remember any crossover, like the actors being on the show or anything. So I'm not sure. I feel like that must be it, though. Okay. Well, mm. the answer is but that- But it's a dashed uh, line, so I think it's not it. <laughs> in the, in the two-part yeah, episode, Hooray for Hollywood, Arnold and Dudley sneak onto the set of a fictional episode of Knight Rider in hopes of meeting series star David Hasselhoff, 
okay. in fact does appear on this episode. Okay. Hmm. I I think I even remembered hearing you guys talk about that one time. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. that once before. Or if I was part of the conversation. <laughs> and these must all be the same network for this crossover stuff to happen, right? Because this was like, was this all NBC shows or uh, CBS what? shows? Uh, or I guess. Uh, yeah, mm. I, you know, I, I thought about telling you that, but I, I, um, hmm. I will say this. Yeah. <laughs> all of them are NBC. I could say NBC, definitively, yeah. except for one. Oh. Except for one. Yeah. One of these clues is not, and we haven't had it yet, is not an NBC gotcha. show. Because <laughs> outside of like Battle of the Network Stars, you didn't get crossovers between networks. Like people were right. in contracts and you worked for mm. CBS. And that, yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, let's see, John, you can go to four, eight, nine. Um, what do you think? Let's go ahead and go for four. All right. Number four is connected to Knight Rider. <laughs> let's see. The basic uh, information you have here is it's an action show that ran from 1979 to 1985. 79 to 85. Hmm. All right, John, and your okay. first clue is it was created by Guy Waldron. Not the Guy Waldron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said 79 it started. Man, 79 to 85. Yeah. So it predates Knight Rider and they had a connection. No, I mean, I, but I still have A-Team on the brain, but that started in the 80s. So okay. no. All right, Kat, your clue. Number two. Okay. Wait, can I guess before I get a clue? Yeah, I guess so, according to the new rules. Although I'm not sure if it, I guess it falls under action. I mean, but if you get it action. wrong, it's got to go back to John for the next clue. That's the only oh, darn. one you do. Ooh, okay, okay, ooh, give me the clue. That's the give risk. The I don't, I'm not feeling that risky. You want the points, yeah. The next clue for 10 points is the plot, or, you know, a vague summary of the plot. Two cousins are on probation for moonshine running. <laughs> I was going to even do the hazard. I was going to guess No Deuce risk, no reward. I know. of <laughs> 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 hazard. <laughs> Goop, 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 doop, doop. Now, unless I'm adding this wrong, the current score is Cat 30, John 35. That can't be right. Ooh. What? Wow. What did I forget to give points well, to? Well, neither of us got anything for Hello Larry. All right. Or goodbye, Larry. Someone got Knight mm -hmm. Rider. Who got Knight Rider? I got... Wait. Yeah, Cat got Knight Rider. Yeah, I got Knight Rider. All right, so mm -hmm. that, yeah, I, I gave yep. you that. Yeah. Oh. And she just got the Dukes. All right. Okay, she's got a little streak there going, I guess. I could have tied it goop, if I'd been risky. Goop. Okay, so again, look, these two, so not, so uh, the Duke boys are, you know, what would mm -hmm. it be called? Tenuously connected? Is that is that a word? Yes, sure. that's a word. Uh, to Knight Rider, but they are connected. And you're not going to get this one unless you remember this bit of television history. In episode, mm. in the episode, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death of Knight Rider, that is. Michael and okay. Kit enter the Alternative 2000, a cross-country race for cars that run on alternative fuel. Oh. Also entering the race is an orange Dodge Charger, driven by a pair of relatives, one with blonde hair and one with dark hair. The pair have a Dixie flag on the uniforms, and their vehicle is powered by moonshine. <laughs> That's awesome. In the episode, uh, Kit actually jumps over the Dodger Wow. The Dodge Charger. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. So they, they were- So was that like, yeah. was like Tom Wopat actually in it or was just cousins of similar <laughs> yeah, appearance? No, it was, yeah, and, and I think it actually might have uh, been a male and a female driving it. But uh, the two shows had a rivalry from the get-go. They were running mm -hmm. on different networks and it was sort of these, mm -hmm. you know, battle of these types of car shows. In early promotions for Knight Rider, they even had an, uh, we talked about this a long time ago on the show, promotional material where they sent out a- a flyer that had on uh, one side compared, you know, all the uh, specs for the General Lee and had a mm -hmm. picture of a car, an orange Dodge Charger. It didn't call it the General Lee. And on the Charger, it had the numbers zero, zero instead of zero, one, which is the General Lee. Mm. 
And on the right, they had all the specs of Kit. And of course, Kit is a, you know, supercomputer. So it blows away <laughs> on, on a sheet of paper. It blows it away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and clearly it can <laughs> jump over it. You know, a little Michael Jackson for you. <laughs> now, there was an unverified rumor on the internet that the orange uh, 69 Charger that they used in this episode of Knight Rider was actually one of the stunt cars uh, that were for, from the Dukes that Warner Brothers had purchased. Oh, why not? I mean, there, there were hundreds of those Dodge Chargers that were utilized <laughs> and yeah. trashed for the Dukes of Hazard. So the odds of yep. getting hold of one of those is pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Cat chooses next. And uh, you've got eight and nine you can go to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the one that is a uh, multiple of three, which is number nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and a math lesson in that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is an action show that ran from 83 to 87. Oh, boy. And your first clue mm-hmm. uh, for 15 points is mm-hmm. it was created by Stephen Cannell. I just feel like guessing Da-da. 18 again. Who again Da-da. created Da-da. a number Da-da. of shows like Glenn Larson and Norman Lear created a number of shows that yep. we love in the 80s and beyond. Okay, what do you got? I'm just going to guess A-team again. <laughs> That's right! <laughs> If you hadn't, wow. I was going to try to steal with A-Team because I knew Cannell did the A-Team. Oh, yeah. so you you recognized a name I was going to risk it, yeah. It could have oh. been anybody, but I knew Cannell was attached to the A-Team. When I heard the name, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. Right now I realize that Kat has just been, I think, well, she's been playing you. She's been hustling. She's been sandbagging it the whole time. Oh, because yeah. she just pulled ahead with 45 points now to oh your 35. Da-da-da. <sighs> wow. <laughs> so in the A-Team... I have John think he is, could relax. <laughs> the A team here is connected to a few different, to two to three different boxes. One that's already been uh, revealed: the different strokes. Mm, now, based on yeah. what we talked about before, its connection to, uh, let's see, similarly to Night Rider, you might be able to guess this one. But I'll just tell you: in a, uh, in, in addition to that episode, they had about uh, had with a, where they uh, witnessed the, what they snuck onto the fictional set of a. Night Rider mm-hmm. episode. Okay. In the sixth mm-hmm. season, Mr. T guest stars on a different Strokes episode where the Drummond's apartment block is used to film a fictional episode of the A Team. Wow. Nice. Huh. I was wondering if Mr. T was the connection. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, do you right. want to do a multiple of four or a multiple of five? Because <laughs> eight and 10 <sighs> are available. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, number eight, I think. All righty. All right. Number eight is a fantasy show that ran from 85 to 87. Related to the A-team. And different strokes. Here's your first clue. For 15 points, John, this show was created by Steven Spielberg. Hmm. 85 to 87. Mm -hmm. Different strokes in the A-team. Created by Spielberg. The only thing I can think of from that era that's related to Spielberg on television. Uh Uh-huh. Amazing stories. That's right! Nice. Oh, wow. Nicely done. Oh my gosh. So John now leads by just five points, 50 to 45. Getting that uh, in the first, with the first clue, getting a whopping 15 points. That is in fact amazing story. We call that pulling a cat is what that is. (laughs) It's got to be that now, right? 
And hustling I'm not sure too. that I saw Amazing Stories. What's that about? I think a little. It's an anthology it. series yeah. where it's different stories each time. It was the origin of the animated Family Dog. There was the great one about the the artist who was in a belly of a plane that the landing gear wouldn't come down, and he drew the landing gear, mm-hmm. and it oh, looked wow. like old Roger Rabbit came to life. It was it's all okay. amazing kind of crazy stories, but they weren't like. Twilight Zoney stories, they were yeah. a couple of slightly inspiring, magical kind of stories. Oh, yeah. yeah, the family friendly the family friendly Twilight Zone, yeah. Wow. Sure. Um, no wonder yeah. I didn't see there's, it. My father wouldn't have watched that. Oh no. <laughs> there's there's more about amazing stories than you ever wanted to know. Yeah, and actually the nineteen eighty seven <laughs> film that uh, Spielberg produced, uh Batteries Not Included, was originally gonna be an episode, but uh Spielberg liked right? it so much that he decided to make a whole film out of it. Yeah. Oh. I'll be dead gum. Should have been a TV episode to Stephen. <laughs> just gum. saying. Because you know what else wasn't included in that film? The box office, I'm guessing. <laughs> so here you so go. So what's the connection? Yeah. yeah, what's the connection? 18 yeah. different strokes, though. Yeah. yeah, they actually share a connection. In the first ep- first season, uh, in a first season episode of Amazing Stories called Remote Control Man, we see a man whose only solace from his overbearing wife is inconsiderate children. One who incidentally is played by uh, Goonies Trunk, Jeff Cohen. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. who also just, you know, have worked with Steven Spielberg around that time on the Goonies, of course. Uh, the only solace this gentleman has is his television. And then he, uh, uh-huh. when he obtains a TV from a mysterious store that sort of appears out of nowhere, he learns the remote does more than just control the channels. And he replaces the selfish members of his family one by one. His wife is replaced with some, uh, first she's replaced with the, uh, a beauty uh, queen some, that's competing on the television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he complete, he uh, replaces his elder son, who's uh, mm-hmm. working to become a Hare Krishna, with Templeton Face Peck from the A-Team, as played <laughs> oh by Dirk goodness. Benedict. So Dirk actually oh appears gosh. on the episode playing the son. But he's Face, oh, but he's Face. But he's Face. He keeps talking about the team. Where's the team? You know, there's a van mm-hmm. here. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's been extracted from the TV yes, into this guy's exactly. life. Yep. Wow. Uh, and replacing the younger son who was uh, had been played by Jeff Cohen is Gary Coleman reprising his role as Arnold. Again, mm-hmm. behaving like the character Arnold on the show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now I will tell you this. On this show are a number of other crossovers, mm. including, John, as you mentioned, I think one of them is actually a character from an ABC show. Uh, this other one oh. is from a, such an old show. I don't know that, uh, maybe I should just tell you. My first thought was, you know, let's save this for another episode. Because honestly, we can connect to this while we've already created here another 10 different shows. Really? That I'm just leaving off for the sake of time. So either we'll save it's it like or- like going through going through that episode. You could, this is this is the Kevin Bacon of this game. This not only the, that episode, The single connective fiber. You can yeah. branch yeah. off of the Jeffersons uh, and get a oh, bunch yeah. of tons more. Um, well, like I, I thought surely when I saw the Jeffersons, I'm like, yeah. oh, we're getting, you know, different strokes. We're going to see facts of life. We're going to see that stuff. There's so much uh-huh. you could do. Facts of life. Yeah. 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 I try to leave off ones that may be a little too obvious, but yeah, but you're right. I mean, yeah. so, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right. We've only got one clue left and I believe this one we kick off with uh cat in the first, for the first mm-hmm. time. Right. Yep. And cat, the type of show that we're looking to connect to the A team here is a sci-fi show that ran from Ooh. 78 to 79 and then again in 80. Uh-oh, John's got it already, maybe. No? Oh. Maybe not. Oh. And it connected I... to the A-team. Now, again, look, you got these dotted lines here, so, you know, that means these things are not as strong as some of the other right. connections. Mm-hmm. We saw okay. the clue coming, right? Yes, here it is. Yeah. Clue number one. This oh. show was created by Glenn Larson. And there I go without an answer. Okay. <laughs> mm. All right, John. Got the next clue it. is for you. Okay. For 10 points. Sure. 
uh, a vague summary of the, the plot of the show. The show follows the human survivors of a millennium old war as they flee in search of, uh, as they flee in search of a new home while being pursued by warrior robots created by a reptilian race. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I realized I, I was like, I should cut this off at some point, but it's, it's not, like it keeps going. It can't, I can't. What, and they're robots. It, and it the wouldn't even be fair. Coming. I think if I, <laughs> right. if I when, when I heard the soon. last humans were, were, were fleeing, yeah. I was about to say Battlestar and there was more, yeah, more sure clues coming. It was great. But yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah. So yeah, this oh. Battlestar Collective was nice. initially canceled after the first two seasons because right. it, uh, oh, okay. it didn't do well. But there was a massive uh, write-in campaign after that, and this is pre-internet. So the uh, yeah the executives over at ABC had never seen anything like this. Nobody really had, and it prompted them to reconsider their reasons for canceling the show. And after some deliberation, they contacted Glenn Larson to see what they could do. They decided to bring it back in a more in a less expensive format, which actually placed the show ahead. I think I want to say fifteen years or thirty years, and. Mm-hmm on planet earth. So they saved a uh, sci-fi uh. budget. Um, <laughs> originally the folks that starred in the show, uh, Richard Hatch and, uh, Lauren green, Dirk Benedict, Lauren green's character, they just got rid of, but Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch, Richard Hatch didn't want to come back and Dirk Benedict couldn't come back because he had a conflict, mm-hmm. but he did. He did come back ultimately okay. in the, in the mm-hmm. show that places us in the 1980s because he appears in the last episode of the last of the only season uh, reprising his role uh, on a, where it tells the story of what happened to Starbuck on a deserted planet. How is it connected okay. to the A team? Isn't Dirk Benedict Faith? He is, but even is more it? than that, on an episode of more the A team when they're at uh, at Universal Studios, a Cylon <gasps> warrior walks by Dirk Benedict's <laughs> face character, oh, and no. face pauses and looks at him and says, "It seems like he's about to say something mm. to him," and does a double take <laughs> as if he recognizes him, and before moving on. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and that little clip's actually used in ultimately in future in future seasons. It appears in the credits, the opening credits of every episode after that, I believe. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right, that's our game. So let's see. Uh, we're gonna add another ten points for John, right? Because he got it on the second yeah. clue. And that brings us yeah. to a total of forty five points for Kat and sixty points for John. Congratulations. <sighs> that was John. hard fought. Kat, yeah, Kat. seriously. <laughs> Until the end there, it was a neck and neck race, forty five mm-hmm. to fifty. Yep. So I, yep. I, yeah, I did better than I expected. And if you John, knew your Larson your shows, you'd have had this in the bag. <laughs> if you knew your Larson, like I know Larson. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for doing that. Uh, you know, look, it's easier for to be the guy who's, you know, asking the questions than the one having to answer it. I'm not great at trivia. You know, I just hosted that trivia at the convention last weekend. That was fun. Yeah. But uh, if I was in the audience having to compete, I wouldn't do that well. It wouldn't have been so fun. <laughs> no. They would have been like, you host a show about this? And you're in last place? <laughs> you poser. <laughs> that's my problem. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to embarrass myself yeah. to, on 80s trivia on Will's show. Oh, no. Look at that. You, sh- you showed up. And showed out. And shown up. All right. Up. Hey. All of our episodes, including this one, which was kind of frivolous, but including the ba- better ones. Uh, brought to you by our early adopters uh, on Patreon. Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, Karen Flieger, and especially our secret of my success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, John Kaminsky, and the dude, John Reddick. The winner. If you're a contributor, you too could win at trivia. Right. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> well, hey, you know, we're going to be doing trivia on Facebook Live in just a couple of weeks from now, at the last mm-hmm. week of uh, May. And we do have a special guest joining us at the end of June for that. Uh, but hey, you can join yes. us on Facebook Live uh, this weekend on Saturday to talk to Julie Brown. And I mean, talk to her. Look, you get on there, you ask her a question, we'll pass it along. She answers it right there on the screen. So do that. In the now, in, in the, the moment. Na- right. Not in, in the, the future. Well, it's in the future now. But <laughs> or actually, depending, if you're yeah. listening to this episode after the 21st, mm. it's in the past. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. It's, wow. it's, it's all of those things. Uh, metaphysics makes me dizzy. <laughs> as well as uh, trivia. All right. Hey, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>